This is Blake Reynolds, and you're listening to the Upbeat Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Upbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Reynolds, or Balakade, whatever you want to call me. Really great guest with me today, and I'm so excited to have him. He's a good friend of mine, Jared Ballinger. But before I let him introduce himself, be sure to follow me on social media, Blake Reynolds. You're on TikTok. I'm Blake Reynolds Music on Feel free to share this podcast with someone that if this podcast ministered to you in any way, Jared's got an incredible test and he's going to drop some wisdom bombs on us today. A podcast ministered to you in any share it with a friend, let them know what it meant to you. I'm excited to introduce my guest today. His name is Jared Ballinger. He's an incredible dude. To today's episode, man. Hey, thanks so much, Blake. Honored to be a part of this and see what God is going to do with this episode to minister to many, many people that are going to be listening in. Come on, come on. Why don't you just take like 30, 30 minutes and give us a little 30-second trailer of who this Absolutely. So my name is Jared Ballinger. I am married to an amazing wife named Lauren Ballinger. Got two amazing kids, Liam and Wrigley. Got two great dogs, an Australian Shepherd. Uh, named Piper and a standard poodle named Murphy. And man, we're just a, we're just a family that's on a mission to preach the gospel to every living creature. Um, I've been in ministry most of my life, uh, 15, 20 years um, since I can remember basically. And, and now just seeing what God is calling me into here in the future. And we can talk a little bit about that later, but just, just uh, being a part of all these different ministries and knowing that there's still the great commission is there it's to go out into the world, it's to know God, and it's to make him known. And that's what I'm passionate about, man. At the end of the day, I just want to preach the gospel, and I want to lay there in bed and say, you know, did I do something today that brought somebody closer to Jesus? Come on, come on, man. That's, that's deep. Well, uh, Jared, thank you. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end to share how people can connect with you and just um, just be able to connect with you and, and with you because I know you got like I know you love a relationship your relational person so at the end of the podcast to share a little bit of how people can connect excuse me man, I've been dealing with this congestion for about a month almost no, you're good bro but man I might be coughing <laughs> randomly throughout. so but Jared I wanted to so just ask you a few I call them get to know me questions so this is like the get to know me I'm just kidding I don't have a catchy theme song for that <laughs> get to know me section of the podcast for some lighthearted questions. Um, so here we go. Bible verse. Ooh, that's a good one, man. Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. Such a good verse. Amen. Come on, come on. Uh, and not so spiritual question. What is your favorite? Now or all time Ooh. TV show? Maybe, maybe oh, all time. Watching a while, but yeah. Um, let's say I, I'm going to go with the office. I think that's just a no brainer for me. Okay. Who's your favorite character? That, that's a, just a perfect follow-up. Uh, favorite character. There we go. Honestly, I love, I love Stanley. Stanley is just, I think it's all of us on how we really feel in life. And we just, we don't have the guts like Stanley to actually just say it out loud like he does. So I love him, but my favorite all time episode would probably be Prison Mike. 
um, when he's in the conference room. I just love that episode so much. That whole thing. If though, for those of you who haven't watched The Office, you're missing out. But for those of you who are, that whole arc there, new influx of people where the merger, the Stanford branch, and, and uh, everybody's coming. It's just like it's just awkward. You know, you got Tony, and, <laughs> and it's it's just it's uncomfortable to watch. And to Michael, now, now I want to go watch. I've seen that show. I'm not even going to tell you how I watched it through, but I, I doubt that I'm the only one that's you probably seen through many times as well. So, but Stanley, Stanley on Pretzel Day, I love that. Yes. <laughs> if you could be so any, much, any Marvel, if you could be any Marvel superhero, who would you? Um. I'm going to go with – I think I'd be Iron Man. Oh, that's – do you want to be Iron Man because of his money or because of his suit? Um, honestly, because of his brains. He's just such a smart dude. Like, if it, I can just have his brains, I can, I can make the money and the make the suit with his brains. So, I'll take, it, I'll take the brains. Oh, man, I was in Endgame the other day. Um, and I love the episode where, where Thanos is like, I'm inevitable. And he goes to snap his finger and nothing happens. And then, and you got Tony Stark, yes. and he's just cocky as all get out. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm iron. It's like, oh my gosh, which I'm so glad <laughs> that they closed the, that whole story with him out like that. Because I mean, Iron Man for, um, maybe not in the comic book world, technically Captain America launched the for us, Iron Man was the launch of all of these Marvel superhero movies, and that's and I am Iron Man. And so I just, yep, that was such a bad cocky moment. I was like, ah, there we go. Um, <laughs> but right, so one more fun. I just hear what God's been sharing with you. Are you a coffee or tea drinker? I am a coffee all day long, um, but uh, a lot. I was about to say, yeah, a lot of people don't understand me, but man, I'm just black coffee. I will. That's exactly how it. I drink it. Absolutely, all day, every day. Go to the fanciest of coffee shops, and I'll take a black coffee. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I hate they don't have hot coffee. Oh Lord, and it's just lukewarm. I was like, man, I like it. I just talked to me the other day about this. They're like, like when my coffee is handed to me, lukewarm. Um, I like mm. it piping hot. Like I'll wait for it to cool down decision i'm just kidding but you just sometimes you go into coffee shops and they don't have hot coffee i don't know that's kind of i don't know if yeah but i i just can't stand it um there is a great coffee shop where i live and man they i've gotten like lattes from them and it's like always ooh. like lukewarm lattes though and i'm like that's the worst like i'm like you have give to it have to me piping hot bro it's <laughs> like if, if, if i don't have third degree burn in my hand from the cup you didn't do it right i know we're probably exactly what they call first problems but i just <laughs> I, I am a coffee and i like my coffee hot i do like some fancy coffees you divulge yourself and and yes, uh, kind of splurge but i i do like some fancy coffee like some nice coffees but like my go-to if you're like man can i get you coffee coffee yep. piping hot Absolutely. That's nice to know, though. We're, we're twins here, Jared. We're, we're brothers from another mother. Um, there you go. <laughs> Jared, so usually I have people share their testimony right here, but I want to just, like, share what that God recently. So go ahead and take the floor, take just a few minutes and just share maybe something, some questions. 
Why don't you just share something that God's been revealing to you recently? Absolutely, man. So I think over the last five, six months, I've been really enjoying the Maverick City song, um, Wait on You. And the part of the song where it says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You know, that obviously comes out of the Bible, but, but man, how hard is it to wait on things that we know need to happen or should happen, or we wish it would happen. And we just hear the word, well, you're going to have to just wait. You're going to have to wait on that. And we get discouraged by the word wait sometimes. But today I would love to encourage people by that word. Because it does say, I just shared this post today. On, a friend of mine shared it, and it was it was Moses. Dude waited. Dude waited forty years. You know, Jesus. Wait, we, we talked about that. You know, Jesus waited thirty years to start his ministry. Can you imagine year twenty nine, and he walks by somebody, and he knows he has the power to heal them, but he's told wait. So when I think about the ministry that I want to be involved in, the ministry that I want to do, and I hear the word wait, I know that God is asking me to wait for the perfect timing. You know, sometimes I I joked around, you know, like sometimes God would just make something happen right at the right time, right when we needed it to happen at the right moment. And I, I would always say, oh, you know, he's just Jehovah just in time. You know, because he always comes in at that that last minute and says, Joe, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do it or whatever. And we get so discouraged because, God, why didn't you do that when I asked for you to do it? Why didn't you do that when I wanted you to do it? And he has that perfect timing. So whatever you're waiting on in life and you're thinking it needs to happen right now, sometimes if those things happen right now, you're not going to be able to see the miracle on the other side. But if you want to go through the waiting process, you might be able to actually see the miracle when that thing comes to pass because you waited on the Lord and he renewed your strength because you chose to wait on him. Come on. And I didn't mean to interrupt you. If if you're on a flow, man, keep going. No, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. I'll answer. I was going to ask you what's, what's helping you in the waiting is, is, um, you know, I'm in on this because honestly, I kind of needed this because I think everybody's waiting. Share with me in our conversation before the podcast that you're seeing years come to pass, but that I'm sure that you still got some promises you're waiting on. Like, Blake, if you only knew, I've been believing God for this one thing for 10 years, it still hasn't happened. But yeah, as we get discouraged and waiting, and we think waiting is doing nothing, we think waiting mm. is sitting around waiting for everything and not at all. God is responsible yeah. for the miracle. The Bible says, uh, "Worse for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to God." I'm always preaching this, and I did a podcast episode. I don't know if I released it. Uh, it's called "Show Up." It's like just because, yeah, a worker, you, it doesn't mean you don't have to show up. You still have to show up. Uh, is it what is in Second Chronicles? Your life. Um, Getting ready to get, they have like three different armies coming after them as a king, who is a king Jehoshaphat, uh, I believe it was. That it, yeah, I've already fought your battle for you. I've already won it. Sorry, you just want to yeah. The no, I got I get you. Okay. Oh. Yep. It, but that, but that story, I loved how it went because the prophet prophesied. He said, "God's already got the victory." You still, and the king, I yeah. like what he did. He didn't sit his. He didn't sit. 
that I'm gonna do anything. He still got dressed. Yeah. I mean, get. We're going out. God's already promised that he sent his prayer first. And there's a comment to make right there. He sent Jesus out first. The victory had not yet been raised out before victory. Yeah. That is something That's to good. say right there. That is, and so I would love for you to chime in and kind of share a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Give me three things. Hey, this waiting season, because waiting is not doing nothing. You still, I'm still waiting on my spouse. Working on, I'm letting the Holy Spirit work on me. I'm trying to be a better man so that when my wife does come, I'm ready for that. Absolutely. But I'm still doing something. So, Jerry, go ahead. You chime in. I think I think the one word that comes to my mind, and I preached on the, I preached on this a few months ago, and it's it's one word, and it's as simple as this: obedience in the waiting. And it says in Isaiah forty thirty, um, chapter forty, verse thirty one. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you realize how many verbs, <laughs> how many verbs were in that verse alone? But first it says, but the, but those who wait on the Lord, the, re, the verbs are renew, mount, run, walk. Come on. We, in, in that process of waiting, in that process of waiting, waiting is the season, but seasons change. The one that stays the same is God. So what I choose to do is I choose obedience in my waiting. David waited to be king, man. He was a young kid when he was anointed, but he waited and he waited and he waited. And he went through, I mean, everybody, pretty much everybody in the world knows the story of David, right? And Amen. You, have, you have that whole process of waiting and waiting, and waiting, and falling, and tripping up, but yet he was known, and he's still known today as a man after God's own heart, and his, so David's heart in the process of waiting, David's heart was the obedience. He knew he was going to be king, but he chose to follow orders, to obey, to respect those that were in authority over him. So whatever situation you're going through, whatever situation, whatever process of waiting that you're in, what I say is I choose, I choose obedience in that. And when you choose obedience, I think that's when you start to see the miracles happen. It might not be the exact miracle you wanted to happen, but miracles and doors begin to happen and open and it continues on in that verse, man. Renew their strength, right? Since the, effort to re- since the effort required to do simple tasks when we are weary increases greatly, there is a tendency to faint or give up. But those who wait on the Lord shall not faint because their strength is renewed while they wait. Waiting upon the Lord wow. is like resting. Waiting upon the Lord is like resting in him while he recharges our battery. When you wait, you get a little stronger. Just like that song says, when you wait, you get a little stronger. Because he continues to recharge our batteries when we decide to rest in him. Amen. But you have to choose. 
the obedience to rest in God. Those who wait Come upon on. the Lord shall renew their strength. So waiting can be that moment of resting. That doesn't mean laying on the couch and watching the office, bro. What that means is I choose to worship. I choose to read. I choose to pray. I choose to serve in this time that I'm in now so that he can continue to recharge my batteries. Amen. And then Amen. we talk about the part where know who I am. I'm not afraid. And I take that part out of they shall mount up with wings like eagles. An eagle has the confidence that we all should long for. An eagle does not become afraid easily because the eagle knows the strength in their wings to rise above danger and find safety in the sky. So what I choose to do is I choose to mount up like eagles, mount up with wings like eagles, right? And I choose to rise above the danger. When I'm in the waiting period, when I'm in the waiting room, I choose to rise up above the danger and I choose to rest in God knowing that I am in the safety of his arms. Come on, man. That we, when we realize that we are children of God <laughs> and our strength is renewed in him, then we have the ability to regain confidence and rise above our current situations. We have the ability to not be afraid. Come on, man. I, I think that's process. incredible. And you kept saying something over and over again is waiting is, is first of all, God's version of waiting. God does everything backwards. I don't know if you've noticed that, but God does everything yeah. the opposite <laughs> of how we would do it, which I mean, uh, what do you see? He says he uses the foolishness, foolishness of this world to confound the wise or uh, I'm majorly mm, yeah. paraphrasing that scripture, but God is always doing something outside of our box. And I love that waiting to God in our human nature um, especially in our culture here in America, waiting is, oh, we're going to do nothing. We're just going to wait on somebody else to do the work, do the job. Mm -hmm. And that's not at all what you were saying. You brought up David. David was a key example. David, I love David's story. And this is a whole other episode uh, talking about his honor and his respect for authority. Like he had such a respect for authority. He was anointed king, Jared. He was anointed mm -hmm. king while Saul was still king. He was the rightful king, but he still honored the authority that Saul Dude, had. Yeah, come and on. How how much honor and integrity did this man David had that he said, even though I'm the anointed one, he is an authority and I will respect and honor that authority to the point where this story literally gets me every single time. When Saul dies, when he kills himself, throws himself on the sword, that servant ran away and he bragged and said, David, King David, I killed Saul. What was David's response? He didn't give him a robe. He didn't pray him around. He's like, I want you to kill this man. Because he's like, mm. you will not touch God's anointed like that. You will not touch the yeah. authority. I was like, oh my gosh. But David, what you were saying was David still honored, respected. He was yeah. sought after God. He prayed. I was thinking about Joseph. Joseph with the coat of many colors. From a yeah. very young age, he had dreams about him doing great things. How many of us have dreams? You had mentioned to me earlier that you had a call in your life at 12 years old to preach the gospel. You knew at 12 years old, you were going to share the gospel to thousands, if not millions. I pray that it's millions of people leading people to Jesus. Yes. You had a dream just like Joseph at 12 years old. But Joseph, what happens to Joseph after that dream? His brothers throw him in a pit and sell him, sell yep. him as a slave. But what did he do in every, in every season of waiting? He was thrown in a pit. He was accused by Potiphar's wife of, of trying to rape her. What did he do when he was in prison, when he was in a pit? He still, he, he trusted the process. He's like, this is where yes. I'm at. 
this is unfortunate. I know it's not where God, I listen, that, that someone needs to hear that. This is not where God ha- had me to be. This is not where God meant me to be, but I understand yeah. the process and I understand that God is the promoter. I understand that promotion comes through God. And so every season when he, when he was in prison, that dude got promoted. When he was in uh, uh, Potiphar's house, he got promoted because he yeah. trusted God. He was faith. He was faithful in the season of waiting. Yeah. And I think that's what people need to hear. And honestly, I'm preaching to my, I'm, I sound like I'm on fire, but I'm actually preaching that myself. <laughs> it's super convicting you sharing this today because yeah. we think waiting is just, like I said, I'm waiting on my spouse. I keep bringing that up because a lot of our generation uh, are not, we're not married or maybe we're single and have kids just through a, just a broken moment there. But it, it, the point, the point is, it's just like, Hey, you can still be doing something. You can yeah. still be buy, buy some books. I can be, I, I'm going to, I let something I'm doing is investing in my future self. I want to be an amazing husband and an amazing father. So when my wife comes, she's not waiting around for me to get there. <laughs> I want to yeah. be there for her. And so I love what you said, Jared. I think that's incredible. And I was going to ask a follow-up question. I still want you to answer this, but I think a lot of times, um, well, actually you did kind of answer this, but if you could put it in a practical way is what do you do in the seasons of waiting where you get discouraged, like especially yeah. those moments where God gave you a word to preach and you see one of your friends get promoted in that arena. How do you how do you approach that discouragement? Yeah, I think I think it's really just taking it back to your prayer life, man, and saying, God, like why why wasn't this me? And and asking God for guidance in that. When when you can ask God and say, God, I wanted this, you gave it to somebody else. Why not me? God's going to reveal that to you. It's not because you're not worthy of it. I think there's a misconception in the church that we always say we're not worthy. We're God's children, dude. We are God's children. How dare I say I'm not worthy? If I'm a child of God, I was made in the image of God, then I am worthy of what he's called me to do, right? So, and I think that's, there's a misconception of, uh, in that, man. And we get, we get discouraged and thinking, well, I'm not worthy. No, I'm a child of God. Yeah, I have to wait. So what I do, man, for myself is I take that to worship. I take that to prayer and I say, God, like this, this obviously wasn't my time. So like, can you help me prepare for that time and, and be diligent in that prayer time, be diligent in that reading and then that worship time and saying, God, what do I need to learn to get to that next level? I'm about to turn 30, man. And, and, and this, this new adventure that I'm about to go into is what I've been dreaming of since I was 12. So that's 18 years, 18 years of wondering when my time would come, wondering when my time would come. But let me tell you something about the waiting, man. The waiting, it's not how long you waited. It's about how you waited. Say that again. Say that again. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not how long you waited. It's about how you waited. So I could spend years and years and years and years waiting. But if I choose disobedience in that waiting, I'm not sure that miracle will ever come for me. But if I take that time and I wait like, like King David, right? He waited and he waited and, and yeah, King Saul finally, finally died. Right. You know, and he was able to become King, but you kind of mentioned a little bit about it, but the story where, where David had the chance David had the chance to kill yep. him, he cut a piece of his robe, and his army was like, why didn't you kill him? And he said, I cannot touch God's anointed. Oh, come on. Come on. Yes. I yes. cannot. So that, 
man, I'm about to get into a whole nother episode here because then we That's start talking saying, about man. we start talking about all these other ministries and we say, Well, they get it. Why do they get it? They're doing this, they're doing that wrong, they're doing this wrong. How dare you talk about God's anointed? Because we sit here and we say, I want that, I want this, I want that. Stephen Furnick's doing this, and John Gray is doing that, and Joel Steve's yep. doing this, and Craig Rochelle is doing that. You cannot touch God's anointed. Each one of those men are anointed in their own realm that Amen. God has put them in. God has put them in a point of leadership that how dare I even try to touch that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because man. You I'm should be anointed praying for to them. do something. Yeah, you should be praying. Exactly. Even, even and you may be right. Hey, look, I saw what they did. They were how about you how about you pray for them? The Bible says hatred stirs up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. Our job as Christians is not to throw stones, but to cover other people. Our job is exactly. not to throw stones. Hey, you messed up. I'm a ooh, I'm, I know how to pray for you in the next prayer meeting. Ooh, Jesus, your job yeah. is to cover them. Hey, I'm just wanted to let you know. Um, it just confront them, and that if you saw them doing it, and you're pretty sure they don't have that accountability there, approach them and say, "Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you." But your job is to cover them, to pray for them, to bless them, regardless if they're a Stephen Furtick or they're your local pastor, if they're just a, a member in your church. Your job is not to throw stones, but to cover their nakedness. What, yeah. what, what did God do? I love this story because, again, yeah, we're like we're preaching five different episodes. We, we got a good theme going, something about waiting, <laughs> I guess. No, I'm just kidding. But I love what God did. What did God do in the garden? The first thing he did after he, after he was like Adam, he sinned. And uh, Adam said, I was afraid, so I hid myself. What was the first thing God did? He clothed their nakedness. He yep. covered that. He covered that shame in, in their nakedness. And that is a perfect picture of how we as Christians should take care of each other. When we have a brother or a sister in Christ who falls short, maybe, maybe, because I know that there, we're always hearing on the, on the news about how so-and-so, the pastor so-and-so committed adultery. And, and it is terrible. We as Christians, especially leaders in the faith, are held to a higher standard. Absolutely. But instead of sharing that post of how wicked they are, they had a moment of brokenness. Our job is to come up there, clothe them, cover them. Our job is to restoration. See, oh man, we're about to drop something here. I know you're going to chime mm. in on this one. We, we talk about redemption in the church. Oh, you're a sinner. You God will redeem you. But we don't often talk about restoration. I'm talking come about restoration yep. to where a pastor falls. Oh, you're done. You sin, pastor. <laughs> you sin. You're done. You don't ever get that pulpit back. You will never be restored. And that is not how God designed it. If you fall, we listen. I love that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. He, it says a righteous man falls seven times. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall. It's a part of our walk and our journey. It does not excuse your failure yeah. or your, your shortcoming. Again, I don't excuse anyone, myself included, when we mess up. But the point is, A, our job as Christians is to cover someone else and for, yeah. to pray for restoration. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking about a particular pastor within the past two years who was <clears throat> of a notable uh, notoriety. Um, yep. He had fallen short. And I got so sick of hearing all the Christians. Oh, I can't believe that pastor from that church. Oh, did you hear what he did? I got sick. I'm like, how dare you? Lord knows yeah. if I opened up your phone and looked at your search history, I don't think you would mm. like me to look, be looking in your DMs. I would not be <laughs> judging that pastor. He may have had a yeah. bigger platform, but I promise you his sin is just as equal as yours in God's eye. Our job yep. is to restore, to look for restoration in people. And I didn't mean to get off on that. You struck a chord. You talked no, about let me, David. Let me, let me, let me say something on that but about the restoration. <laughs> because cause he, we, we get, I think we kind of forget about people in the Bible. Moses... Yep was a murderer on the run yep. from God 
when he was called to the ministry. Yep. Jesus himself was, was car- incarcerated and then crucified. Although we know he didn't do anything wrong, he was still incarcerated. He was still arrested. He mm-hmm. still has that jail time. You know, just like we know a lot of people that, that, that have been to prison and, oh, I can't believe they did that. And yeah, Jesus forgives you, but you'll never be able to preach. You'll never be able to do that. I'm sorry, but that's just not true. Because if, if that was true, Moses would have never freed the people, he would have never went back to Egypt and he would have never got them out of that. He would have in Jesus, yep. if that was true, once Jesus was crucified, it would have been done over nothing else. And we would just be living our lives, be living our lives. But yep. the good news is that is not true. The good news is that one, I, once I am, am in Christ, that's why it comes back to my favorite scripture, man. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So what I did yesterday, as long as I renew myself daily on a daily basis, what I did yesterday, Blake, does not matter today. It doesn't, it doesn't um, create a whole new path for me today. Yeah, we have consequences, but know that Jesus loves you exactly where you are. There's nothing that you could ever do that would ever separate you from his love, from his grace, from his restoration, or from his mercy. God wants to see you succeed. He wants, this isn't a prosperity message. Don't, don't, Don't misquote me on here. I'm just saying he wants to see you succeed in whatever mm. that may look Absolutely. like for your life. He wants, <clears throat> he wants the best for us. We get mis- we get on. that miscued in church as well. We say, oh, well, he wants us to suffer. No, I'm sorry, but Jesus <laughs> don't want me to suffer. You know, we say no, we suffer for not. the kingdom. Suffer for the kingdom. No, 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 no. People are misquoting that. What he wants us to do is to go and preach the gospel to every living creature. And yeah, we're going to run into issues and yeah, we're going to have trials and temptations and we're going to have some issues that we're going through. And that sometimes happens most of the time, Blake, it happens in the waiting room, whatever we're waiting on, we're getting so excited. And what the enemy wants to do is they want to feed lies to us into our brains they want to they want to tell us in the mind you're not worthy you're not good enough you did this you did that let me tell you if you're being reminded in your sin you're being reminded of your sin that you've committed years ago or yesterday let me tell you if you have repented from that sin i promise you it's not jesus reminding you of that sin it's the enemy reminding you. Wow. Jesus isn't going to stand there daily and say, but you did this. No, because it said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That means who I was five years ago, Blake, is not who I am today. Who Come I on. was a year ago is not who I am today. Who I was last night is not who I was when I woke up this morning. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So while you're in that waiting room, I'm going to start clapping my hands here in a second. Come on, and While man. you're in that waiting room and you're hearing these lies that say you did this, you did that, that is time to rebuke that because I can promise you that is not of God. I can promise yes. you that, that God is not going to remind you on a daily basis. He's never going to remind you. From the, about your sin. Because I was going to say, like, when, when God does that to interrupt your flow, and this will go right hand in hand with your thing, what you're saying yeah, is, is exactly right. 
Um, Because I know for myself, you know, I'm sure you're the same way. When we think back at our sins we've committed, whether they're recent or years ago, you have this feeling of shame. It's just something that comes with, oh, God, I wish I could take that back. And it's like if, if God is speaking to you, there are moments, yes, where God speaks to us in our sin, but it's out of a place of love. When God com- God convicts, the devil condemns. God convicts yeah, us on. to a place that leads us to repentance. The yeah. devil speaks to us out of a place of confidence. Oh, you remember, you used to look up porn. Yeah. And then you have these feelings of, oh, God, I'm so shameful and guilty. But think about it. Whenever we hear that pastor sermon, whenever God speaks to us in our sinfulness, we're convicted. Yes, we're ashamed of the sin, but we have That's this good. feeling of love like, God loves me. He wants me to change. The devil wants you. If you are feeling, I love what you said there. If you are having thoughts of shame and guilt, and I'm not talking, like I said, when God convicts us, you do have that sense of, oh, I should have done that. But the devil does it to the point where he he makes Mm. you feel like you can't change. You'll never rise above who you were. And that is not God's voice. God's conviction leads you to repentance, leads you to the cross, leads you to salvation. What the devil wants, Corey Asbury shared this about his personal testimony because he shared about how he struggled with porn even as a Christian, as a worship leader. Um, He struggled with it for years and he shared about the devil's job is to get you to run from God to run out of shame from God. Mm, And God wants the opposite. God says, I want you to run to me. Every time you said, I want you to run to me. I don't care if it's a million times. I don't care if it's two times. I want you to run to me. And so if you have a voice in your head telling you that defeating you all these thoughts and you have this feeling of God could never love me, just like you said, that's the devil. I'm sorry, man. I had to jump in and say that. Speak on that. No, I appreciate that. And, And that's another thing. When you're in the waiting room, and, and to answer the question from 15 minutes ago, what I choose to do, man, is I choose to fill my body with worship, the word, and prayer because I know it will continue to strengthen me to continue. It will continue to be that strength for me. And one other thing, man, is, is when you're in that waiting period, he walks with me through that waiting period. Jesus doesn't, Jesus isn't that doctor that, leaves me in the waiting room and comes and tells me what's going on and then walks out of the room. No, he's, he's that doctor that stays in the waiting room with me. Come on. He walks with me. And another thing that we always go, well, God, why can't you just take us out of this waiting room and just get on with it? Let's do this. Sometimes we got to realize that he'll walk with me. He walks me through it, but he doesn't always pull me out of it. He'll, he'll walk with me. But that doesn't mean that he's going to every single time that I want out, he's going to pull me out. Yep. Yep. He has Psalms to see that. Man. He has I walk to through see. The valley. Exactly. Exactly. And he has to see us persevere. We have as Christians, we have to have perseverance. And that's something that I've been walking through these last few months, man, of perseverance. I've known of a situation that's going to change my entire life and put me exactly in God's calling. It just now over the last week, I've known about this since the beginning of September. It just now came to fruition this last week. Five months, five months of being in the waiting room and saying, God, why aren't you pulling me out of it? But I realized the entire time walking me through it, he didn't want to pull me out of it because he wanted to see the perseverance. So I believe as Christians, we have that perseverance. Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper to, to, to pull it out because it's not right yep. there. But when we have that, God, God will see you through it. And when we have obedience, when we have obedience, 
I believe he rewards us with that, man. I really, I really come believe on. that he rewards our obedience and man, we will well, see what we've asked for come to fruition. That is that, that is the perfect way um, to kind of wrap up what you were just saying about the waiting. I, I, man, I just, I don't think there's any better way. I love what you said you gave, cause I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys <clears throat> when I listen to something or I teach something, I like to have practical take homes. If I cannot take what you're saying, and apply it to my life, or if there's no pragmatic application, it, I, I just, I don't like it. And so what you said, you gave some practical take-homes. You know, you had said that in the waiting, <clears throat> you fill yourself with worship, the word of God, and with prayer, because he renews our strength. So we're resting in him, or he's renewing our strength. You also said during the waiting, uh, something that I'm going to add, actually, is that we need to celebrate others. Even if they are promoted in an oh, area good. that we were promised, you need to celebrate them. You Absolutely. need to celebrate. You think about yourself. How would, how would I want people to receive me if I was in their shoes? I would want people to not necessarily throw me a party, but I would love for them to congratulate me and genuinely be excited. Because here's the thing. Mm. We always think when somebody gets promoted in an area that we're in, we think that that's it. That's done. Let me tell you yeah. something. God is big enough that there can be multiple of you. God's mission on life, we think, well, I'm called to be a preacher and so-and-so was promoted to us. So now my calling's over. That is not how God thinks. There, there's another lie of the devil. There's another lie the enemy puts in. Well, you missed your chance. Sorry, they got promoted before you. They were better. They were more obedient. That's not it at all. They're on their own journey. Celebrate others. I love what you said. Pray, wait, trust God. And then the other thing that we had talked about was the the practical take home was um, don't do nothing. Do yeah. something in the waiting. If God's called you to be a preacher, absolutely. Like you said, you should be listening to sermons. You, you need to yeah. go in your bathroom in the shower, preach them sermons in the shower, preach them while you're sitting on the toilet, Come on preach now. them yeah. in your bedroom. <clears throat> if you've got kids, sit your kids down, preach the message to them, refine that message, record yourself, listen to it. A lot of times for my preachers out there, Jared, I know you're like this. Don't be afraid. We all preach differently. Don't be afraid to listen to yourself preach. If, if that's what God's called you to do, you need to become an effective speaker, an effective yeah. communicator. And so this is yes. really, really practical. And I think, I think one down. thing about that, Blake, is also when you, when you think about preaching and stuff, sometimes you walk away and you're like, oh, man, I, I really botched that. That was not a good sermon. <laughs> and then people come up to you after the church service and they're like, oh, my gosh, that sermon was so amazing. Yep. It really spoke to me. Yep. You know, don't. Don't despise your own preaching. Don't yep, despise your absolutely. own preaching. Lift up your preaching. Know that you were called by God to speak the message that's in your heart. The absolutely. message that's in my heart. The message yes. that's in your heart. It's going to be totally different, man. Like we, we both may preach about totally different things, but at the end of the day, my goal is that somebody will be closer to Jesus because of something that I said. And that's it right there. It's that somebody went closer, whether they got saved or they went to the next step in their faith. And, and uh, that was, that was perfect. Don't, don't cut yourself short because you thought you didn't do great. And, and what I, what I was saying to that, and I think you were used to kind of said this earlier um, is that you just need to improve yourself during the waiting season. If you're, like I said, if you're waiting on a spouse, whether you're a girl or a guy, improve yourself as an individual if you're yeah. waiting to become like like again i was giving very practical information if you're god's calling you to be a speaker become an effective communicator listen to yourself preach hone that gifting and talent it's called being a steward and man jared you dropped some bombs today um honestly what an incredible word that god gave you it really spoke to me i needed to hear it i even needed those words of encouragement of don't be walking in shame and listening to voices of shame um what i'm going to do to wrap up this podcast is really quickly i just want to ask you some fun lighthearted questions, some more get to know you questions. And, uh, and then I'd love for you to take a second and share about Jared and where people can find you on, on the internet. Is that all right with you? 
Absolutely, man. All right, so here we go. Kind of a rapid fire. What is your favorite quote? It could be funny, quote? silly, inspiring. Actually, try to give me a funny one and an inspiring one if you have one. Oh, man. Michael Scott has quote. so many. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, oh, man, this is a hard one. So I think with, with the, the funny one, and people won't understand it um, because it is from Michael Scott. So, And it's literally just two words. But it's on the Prison Mike episode when he says, when, um, when Andy speaks up and then he goes, instead of saying thanks, Andy, he says, tanks, Andy. So we say that, me and a few coworkers <laughs> always say that to each other. We're just, Keep we'll do me. something for one another and we'll go, tanks, Andy. You know, so oh it, that's gosh. just a funny one for us. You're making me want to put that on right now. All right, what's oh, an inspiring man. one? Oh man, can you uh, ask me another question and then come back to the inspiring one? Okay, that's totally fine. I was gonna say Michael, you could quote a Michael Scott. What's not? It's not actually it's what he said. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, <laughs> exactly. and then he quotes the actual found the actual guy quotes it dash Michael Scott. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> everybody loves Michael Scott. I uh, um, okay. So here's our next one. Who do you look up to? Who do I look up to? Um, so first and foremost is my dad. I grew up doing ministry with my dad. So first and foremost would definitely be him. And then I have, um, I have a couple spiritual fathers that are just spiritual mentors that I look up to. Um, and, uh, so it would be, it'd be about three people altogether that like, I take their wisdom above anybody else's. <laughs> I love that. I love, and I love that you've got a few, like you really, and that's the way it should be. You really, someone, someone said you should have very, I have a very select few people speaking and, yes. I, and I'm careful when I say that. Cause I mean, they're, you could learn from any situation. If you're not learning from every situation, you're not being a good student or a good steward, but you should have a select handful. Like, okay, I've got people that I go to. I've got a handful of people I go to for spiritual advice. My dad, by the way, same thing. My dad speaks into my spiritual life. As a matter of fact, he was um, just encouraging me in my prayer life. And I took his wisdom and just applied it. And I've already seen some incredible things happen internally for me. So um, I love that. I love that you said that just, hey, I've got a three people these are the ones I absolutely trust their wisdom. They give me, I love that man. Um, yeah, absolutely. Did you say who the three they were? I heard your dad, who were the other two? So yeah, just two, um, probably shouldn't <laughs> name them, but just, uh, two into my life. Uh, absolutely. Quite a bit over the last 10 years. I'm the same way, by the way, man, I've got, I say, I've got my dad. He definitely speaks into me. And I've got some other people. I just, you know, it's not that they're, they're not great. It's just like you said, especially if they're speaking into personal areas of your life, I keep it private too. So I, I think that's awesome. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Uh, definitely not reading other people's minds because I don't want to know what you think about me. <laughs> oh, bro. So, and I really don't want know, people to know what I'm thinking. Oh, that's seriously, like people, people say, oh, I wish I could know. I, could, I wish I could read people's minds. And I'm like, no, you really don't. Like you really, really don't. <laughs> but um, no, I think... I think uh, super strength would be awesome, man. Just being able to go into the gym and just like out bench pressing anybody that's in there. That'd be awesome. Okay. That's, that's a really good one. That's like the, that was like as young men, as boys, you remember growing up as boys, super strength was always like the go-to superpower. Like I want to be super strong. And yeah, think exactly. Gonna, I don't, did you ever do the chair stacking to impress any girls? Like in youth group, did you ever stack chairs to like, I'm going to impress a girl. And then like, and then like you, you carry the folding chairs and you try to get more than two. So you like yep. carrying four. 
and it's like think... pinching it's like pinching your fingers and you're like trying not to cry while you're carrying them to the wall exactly but <laughs> I, I was telling somebody this our friend for those of who are listening we have a mutual friend her name is janice and and i work with janice a lot her and i were just talking about this and i'm like i and i don't and I don't want to get distracted because I want to get you off your dread. I know you're busy, but I was just like, isn't it funny how there are just some things that are in our nature. There are like, yeah. no one taught me. I used to stack chairs too, to oppress girls, like in youth group. It's just, it's mm-hmm. a guy thing. And I see it all over the internet now, like TikTokers that see how many chairs we can stack to impress a girl. It's hilarious <laughs> because number one, we don't say it to each other. My brother did exactly. it for me, but he, I never saw him do it. I never paid attention. He never passed it down. If you will, it's just in our, there's chairs. If yep. I show off strength, we're like cavemen. I show strength and I impress woman. But I laugh because I'm like, it ne- the girls were never looking. It was always the youth pastor. Exactly. Man, look how strong he is. He just, oh, you are the chief. You are the pastor of chair stackers right there. Yeah, but exactly. I, oh, and then and then deepening your voice. Uh, I don't know if you ever did that to impress a girl when you're younger, but like you deepened your voice to make yourself. I think I, I, think I still do that, man. Like not, <laughs> not to impress girls, but just to, like, obviously I'm married now. I don't need to impress girls, but like, but to, to, uh, your just, like just to make myself, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to, to like, just show people that I'm like a bigger man than I am. I'll be like, because like right now, technically, like right now, I work for a radio station, so I'm I'm on air a lot and stuff when I'm not, you know, doing other ministry. And like when I'm on air, I try to deepen my voice so it sounds more like a radio voice, you know. <laughs> so it's like it's like, bro, you sound the same. Like you're not doing anything. And so like when I, I'm sure when I was like 14 years old it sounded like very high pitched trying to sound with a lower voice and it just was not working out for my favor at all. But isn't it funny how we, we don't, we don't share that. Like that's not wisdom. We pass on like, son, you need to deepen your voice. If you want to, you want to impress her. Exactly. It's just something in it. Like we just do it. I always did it to impress a girl, but I, I mean, you like, like you had said, sometimes you just do it when you're out of their menu. Like, Hey, yeah, you know, I drank my coffee straight from the beans. I just chew on them in the morning, you know? And it's, I just think it's hilarious. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get us distracted at all. No, I you're just, good. I do have like, that I do have that quote too. Um, it's oh, actually a Martin Luther King Jr. quote. Come love on. love him and uh, just what he um, did for our country, did for this world, really. Yep. But um, it says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. That's, dude, I, I just saw that quote yesterday and I loved it. It was convicting because I have some areas that I was kind of sitting on and I was like, ah, Martin Luther, mm-hmm. why you got to be preaching from the grave, man? What's your deal is? <laughs> so here are my rapid fire closing questions that I want you to give a 30 second thing about how people can connect with you. Would you rather, rapid fire, kiss a donkey or lick a public bench? Uh, kiss a donkey. Absolutely, same thing. Some, somebody the other day was like, "I'm not gonna lick it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not gonna do either." I'm like, "Kiss the donkey. Leave your mouth, Ben. Never see yeah, exactly. again. Never hear again." Ooh, um, ooh, that's a hard one, man. Never hear again. Never hear again. Never again. Okay, relive your most embarrassing memory, or eat a the hottest pepper in the entire world, and not have a single thing to drink for 24 hours. So if you relive your memory, it could be like, man, there was one time my pants fell down and that lasted 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to relive. I'm going to re- relive the memory for sure. I would do the same thing. I'm like, man, I'm not sitting there with pepper on my mouth. <laughs> for so, so, so Jared, why don't you take 30, 30 seconds and share about, say, hey, my name is Jared. And just where people can find you, how we can connect with you on the Internet. All of your links will be here in the in the podcast. For those of you who are listening, you're like, man, Jared was the bomb. I want to bring him in to preach. 
his links will be here in the description. But Jerry, take 30 seconds and tell us how we can connect with you. Absolutely. So like I said, my name is Jared Ballinger. You can find me on Instagram. Um, it's just easy at Jared Ballinger, J-A-R-E-D-B-A-L-L-E-N-G-E-R. And it's the same, it's the same handle for Instagram and for Twitter. And then you can find me on Facebook, man. Um, uh, just searching Jared Ballinger as well. And you'll find me right there. And um, like I said, you can, you can get all that information from those, from those uh, social media outlets. I don't have a website or anything. Um, real quick, would love to talk just, just real quick and say, yeah, go ahead. I am starting a new position as a speaker and director of church engagement for a great ministry called Destiny Rescue. So if you don't know about Destiny Rescue, they are actively, they're in nine plus countries right now, and they are actively saving kids. They're actively rescuing kids from the human traffic, human trafficking um, rings that are happening all over this world. And they're actively doing that on a weekly basis. They're going in and they're rescuing kids. And I get to be a part of that now on the state side, speaking about that in churches. Ah, so look up, look up Destiny Rescue online, social media, wherever you can. And uh, definitely think about getting involved in that ministry. Such a amazing, such an amazing mission that I think anybody in the world that when they really think about it would love, like who would not want to be a part of that in mm-hmm. some aspect. So um, it's all about rescuing kids. And I really feel like that is one of the greatest mission fields out there is because our children, our generation, young people need Jesus and they need us to care about them. Come on. Amen. Amen. And I'll put all of that in the description, Jared, so people can kind of, um, they can easily access that and be a part of, like you said, the ministry there. But Jared, thank you for being my guest. I believe prayer is the most important thing we can do. So if you wouldn't mind just quickly praying us out here and we'll close this episode out today. Absolutely. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're so grateful for your mercy, your kindness, your grace, what you're doing in every single one of our lives, all the listeners' lives. Father, I pray right now that you would just use this conversation that happened today and you would touch lives that are maybe they're down and out. They're 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 going through some depression and anxiety and they're just they're in the waiting room and they're 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 frank um frequently like just just freaking out because they don't know what's going to happen. God, I just ask that you give them peace right now. Encourage them to keep moving and that you're with them. Father, thank you for this conversation with my friend Blake. Father, we, we thank you for this friendship, for this fellowship. We ask that you just extend this to keep, keep going so that we can continue to do ministry together. Father, and that I ask that you just be with every single listener right now, that anybody that can hear my voice right now, Father, that you would bring them closer to you and that you would, you would reveal yourself more and more daily to these people in the mighty precious name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're a listener right now and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior, you don't know him. I just want to, I just want to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord and savior. Save me, Jesus. I am yours. And you are mine. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you wish, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, reach out to me on social media, Instagram or Facebook. Um, would love to just talk with you about what those next step, next steps look like. And uh, Jared, thank you so much for being my guest, man. I, I just can't wait for people to hear this episode. Um, I pray that it encourages them in their waiting scene. But thank you so much, man. You have a wonderful day.
I'm, you I'm too, sorry. man. Appreciate you, you so much. Have a wonderful much. day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Jared. You too, bro. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Upbeat Podcast. I hope that it blessed and encouraged you. If you liked today's episode, then subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it on your social media and with your friends. Also, follow me on social media at Blake Reynolds Music so we can connect more. And check out my website, BlakeReynoldsMusic.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time.